Welcome to the first episode of the Military Medicine Podcast. We have a very clear vision for the podcast, that it shares new innovations in military medicine that can engage and inspire those in and around the field, improving patient care. Over the deployments of recent decades, British military medicine has demonstrated that innovative practice can yield huge gains for our patients. To take but one well-publicised example, there is no doubt that the progressive survival improvements yielded by incremental changes to practice during Op Herrick amounted to staggering. As we move into a new era of armed conflict, we may be faced by prolonged evacuation times, inconsistent air superiority and the requirement for more mobility. To that end, medical innovation is at least as important now as it was in recent decades as we grapple with these new challenges. On to today's podcast, Matt and I can't think of anyone better place to introduce the topic of military innovation than General Sir Chris Deverell, Commander of Joint Forces Command, a thought leader on defence innovation, and the founder of JFC's innovation hub, the J-Hub. General Deverell joined the army on a university bursary some 40 years ago, with the intention of leaving after his five-year return of service. He shared with us that one day he woke up in his mid-40s as a brigadier and realised that, oh... I guess this is me. General Deverell has two sons and enjoys spending time with his family, sailing and watching the rugby, but he's also an avid reader of current affairs and takes a keen interest in technology and innovation. His advice for life includes working from home on occasion to allow yourself clear thinking time as he does on a Friday, and he feels the biggest determinant of his success is a willingness to learn, not only being open to new ideas but actively seeking them out. We start by asking General Deverell about how he defines innovation and how defence can innovate, and then delve into the specifics of innovating in military medicine. We hope you enjoy it. How would you define innovation and what does good innovation look like? So for me, this is very simple. Innovation is capability in the hands of users. If you don't um, make a change, you haven't delivered an innovation. If you haven't delivered new functionality or capability into the hands of users, then you haven't got innovation. And I say that because it's really important to differentiate between innovation, capital I, and being innovative. You know, you can do all kinds of things in an innovative way, but you haven't delivered an innovation unless you've got a change. And that's really important because you need to differentiate between research and innovation. Research is really important and it's a key part of our landscape going forward, but it's not in and of itself leading to innovation. Uh, it doesn't co- crystallise innovation. You have to deliver new functionality or capability into the hands of users to have crystallised an innovation. Obviously a famous quote, innovate or die, uh, it's, it's quite well used and lots of people use it to relate uh, to companies such as I don't know, Blockbusters or Kodak or Woolworths mm. who failed to innovate and, and, and died. To what extent do you think that quote is true for defence, something that has an enduring funding whether we innovate or not? Yeah, so I think there is a degree to which it's true. It's not true in the same bottom line sense as you'd find in the outside world. The reason uh, why people pick the examples like Kodak is is because clearly and ev- evidently the company um, tanked uh, w- when it failed to take up advantage of actually the things it already knew. It just didn't it didn't exploit them. Mm. 
we don't we don't face that sort of profit and loss motive in the same way that the outside world does. Yeah. But there is a very real sense in which we face a big dilemma in defence, which is between, on the one hand, having to um, reduce our ambitions, and on the other hand, having to ask for more money. Mm-hmm. Neither of those two things are easy to do. And so, in my opinion, a way out of that sort of iron relationship is through innovation, a way to achieve what we need to achieve without necessarily asking for more money. So instead of going for marginal gains, going for the big step changes, the innovation. Yes, potentially. I mean, that doesn't mean to say there aren't small beneficial changes you can make through innovation. Absolutely Mm. there are. But in the long run, uh, if you really want to break out of this this, uh, zero-sum game of more money or reduced ambition, then you need to make big changes. Okay. So just want to move on now, discuss a few barriers um, in innovation. So in defence, what are the barriers to innovation? Well, I commend you to have a look at the JFC Innovation Charter, which actually dealt with those things that we think are crucial to, to successful innovation. So firstly, might, or put it this way, in no particular order, uh, you have to think of innovation as being an ecosystem it's not. It, you can't just achieve innovation by creating a unit and, and be done with it. Uh, you have to have an ecosystem that involves partners, allies, industry, academia, your innovation organisations, and and the capability branches uh, in defence. The next thing I think you've got to do is be very clear on how you determine success. And in our case, we've done that by saying. The only metric we have for determining success is have we put a new capability into the hands of a user. You need to think about how you're going to exploit the work that goes on in the innovation process. I'm afraid the reality is an awful lot of stuff gets done under the banner of innovation that never actually translates into capability in the hands of users. And if you haven't thought about how the exploitation path, then the chances are that uh, you will not exploit. So you have to think very carefully about how you translate something from being an idea into a pilot, into a decision to roll out, how you're going to then um, deliver something into service and integrate it with the rest of the capability in defence. That is a not a trivial problem um, and requires a lot of thought. You have to have a view about risk. We need in the innovation area of our acquisition landscape a much higher tolerance of risk than we would do in the more traditional parts of the landscape. Um, over time, I think we grow the, the, the scope of our business that we do under the heading of innovation, but we've certainly deliberately started small in, in JFC. But what we have said is that we have a very high appetite for the risk that any individual project may fail, but a low appetite for the risk that the whole portfolio of innovation fails. And, and in that way, I think we've dealt with this, this really crucial issue of risk appetite. You have to have a strong governance. Uh, innovation, all the academic research tells you that innovation will be killed by the existing system, not necessarily for malign reasons, if there isn't a strong champion of it um, uh, at the top of the organisation. And, and we've done that in JFC by having an innovation committee of our executive committee, subcommittee, um, that I chair. Uh, and which makes decisions on what does or does not go into service. I think you also um, need to uh, think hard about the, the methodology you're going to use. Um, 
we in JFC so far, we're not really in the business of invention. We're not trying to do things from first principles. What we're trying to do is repurpose or combine existing technologies to deliver new functionality or capability. So I think there's a wide range of, of, of barriers, um, but probably the biggest is this risk that the existing system will, will stifle innovation. And that's what you hear in, all, you know, in any writing or, or talking or thinking about big institutions trying to be innovative. Um, that's the biggest danger you face. That there are lots of things that we do in defence that where we cannot take the scale of risk that you can in the innovation landscape. It would be foolish to buy a combat, a fast jet aircraft or um, an aircraft carrier using the same rules and procedures and behaviours and culture that you might buy an app. Um, so uh, you know, you're going to need to have two different ways of, of thinking about uh, um, how you approach acquisition. And then you're going to need an ambidextrous organization where at the, at the senior leadership level you can join these two different behaviors together. So you've, you've mentioned these being an ambidextrous organization and having these two arms. Um, for those who aren't aware of the J-Hub, I think you've alluded to a lot of its mm -hmm. functions, could you sort of um, give the listeners an idea of, of what it looks like, both in terms of footprint and where it is and how it's set up and who it reports to? Yeah. So um, the J-Hub is a key part of our innovation ecosystem, but it, as I've described already, it's not mm. the totality. It is the, the Joint Forces Command Innovation Unit that we established just over a year ago now. We chose to put it in a WeWorks building in Allgate East rather than somewhere on the Defence Estate because we wanted to be close to Tech City and, and the suppliers who offer us the disciplines that we think are going to make such a difference in the future. I'll come back to those in a minute. Mm. Uh, and we wanted also it to be the kind of place that would encourage innovative uh, people to come and work in. Uh, so it's a very modern, um, facilitated building uh, in you know near the city. A very exciting place to work. Uh, constantly reconfigurable as the as the J Hub has grown. The reason why we wanted to put it close to Tech City is because we believe that there are a range of disciplines which when applied in the military context we call miltech that uh, the, the UK uh, um, industry has a big lead on in things like artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, blockchain, behavioral sciences uh, and, and things like that that we think uh, will make a huge difference to not just to the outside world but should make a big difference inside defence in the future and those skill sets are present in uh, London and the other thing is that there's a, a venture capital and, and financial uh, risk appetite in London that uh, fosters uh, tech startups. And we're really trying to appeal significantly to these tech startups. Why particularly is military medicine suited to innovation? Well, firstly, I think there's a lot of evidence of innovation in medicine writ large, not just in defence. Uh, people are constantly trying to um, use new ideas, bring new ideas and, and, and improve people's health care as a result. So there's, a, there's an, a willingness, a readiness to innovate that is really important. It's also uh, the case that there's a lot to be uh, drawn upon from the outside world. Um, you know, we don't need to invent some new weapon system or something. We can 
rely quite heavily on technological advancement that has already happened uh, in, in other parts of society. Um, and many of them are applicable and more easy to integrate into defence than other things that we do. So it's a very rich theme, I think, of things that uh, can, can change the delivery of healthcare for the people of defence. So it's very exciting. And so our listeners may be physicians, nurses, medics. What can they do to get involved in innovation? And do you have any advice for them? Well, so I do think that if people have got ideas, they can feed them in, uh, most obviously to the J-Hub, but that's not the only uh, innovation organisation inside defence. Uh, they should go and work in the J-Hub, you know, if they want to. There's, there's lots of opportunity there. Um, a lot of people who have come to the J-Hub came with something they really wanted to pursue, and they then pursued it, and in, in many cases to successful completion. Uh, but also contributing, you know, feeding in their ideas. I think that's the, 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 the most useful thing. And then being part of the process that allows us to test stuff. We, we can't just um, roll an idea out across um, the, the defence landscape without having tested it. We need users to be involved in that testing process so they can give of their time in that way and, and very productively do so. Thank you very much for your time, General Deborah. I really appreciate that. My pleasure. Um, before we let you go, we just have sort of one minute of quick fire questions okay. to end the podcast off with. So it's a light hearted section, five questions in a row. You're only allowed to answer with one word, or <laughs> perhaps hyphenated words. Um, so try not to think too much about it. All right. Okay. So, firstly, who's your biggest innovation role model? Lieutenant General Leslie Groves. Do you know who he is? So he was the uh, architect of the Manhattan Project uh, okay. in the Second World War, and a quite extraordinary facilitator of, of um, the, the U.S. nuclear weapons program. And you don't, you don't have to believe in nuclear weapons to be awestruck by what they did. Um, and so it's worth reading about him. He, he was an extraordinary character, General, Lieutenant General Leslie Groves. Fantastic. That was interesting enough for me to let you off the fact it was slightly more than one word. <laughs> uh, secondly, which technology will trigger the biggest gains in defence capability in the next decade? I'm going to break that down into two. In the next five years, <laughs> I think the answer is artificial intelligence and machine learning. Okay. And in the next ten, quantum and blockchain will also come into the frame. Fantastic. Are innovators born or made? Both. How would you describe your appetite to risk and innovation? Hi. I have an idea and I want a framework to guide me to develop, test and implement my idea. Do you suggest a book or resource? Well, I think I've already done so, actually, when I, in the conversation we had a bit earlier before we started the podcast. I, I think Clayton Christensen's latest book, um, Competing Against Luck, is a great start if you want to read about innovation. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much for your time, General Devil. We really appreciate it. Not at all. It's been enjoyable. Uh, to our listeners, keep an eye out on Twitter at Podcast Medicine for links to any articles and resources that we've discussed today. Uh, and also do not forget to reflect on the contents of this podcast for your own CPD. Uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next month. Thanks. Since the recording of this podcast at the beginning of October, there's been a very exciting announcement that we felt we had to add on as an epilogue. 
Based upon the success of the J-Hub, particularly in the medical space, a J-Hub franchise in medicine called the MedHub has been announced by the Surgeon General and is looking to be stood up in early 2019. We'll ensure to keep you updated on this exciting progression.